Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay Pinchuk, host of Dear Founder. You'll hear me talk a lot about community in today's episode, which is why I want to make sure to let you know that Founder Fridays, our events driving community among female founders, are back in 2024. And we're kicking off with a virtual event this Friday, January 19th at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You'll be able to meet us in real life on January 26th outside of Chicago and soon in other cities. But for now, make sure that you click the link in our show notes and access our registration and information for these two incredible networking opportunities and more. Join us in our amazing community of support as we work together to build and grow our businesses in 2024. And now on to our show. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder, as we kick off season three with episode number 199. My goal here today was to share with you not only my mantra for 2024, but my guiding principles. You know that community has always been incredibly important to me. And as we move into this year and I get into today's conversation, you will hear how so. But before we do, I just want to say happy 2024. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. So it took me one scroll through my camera roll from last year to realize that 2023 wasn't about the places. And I think that's a really important note to make. It wasn't about the places. It wasn't about where I went. It wasn't about what happened when I got there. It wasn't about the things or what I did or didn't do with them. It was about who I experienced it all with, who was surrounding me, who was lifting me up, who was supporting me, who was laughing with me, who was loving me, which brings me to a really important reminder as we start the new year, and that is to surround yourself with people who will be there with you no matter what, who, and who you will be there for no matter what. It goes both ways, right? Your community is everything. And I often talk about your community in the sense of your business, like your community is your business's number one asset, but your professional community is equally, if not more so important to your business's community. Your professional network and your professional community is really and truly who supports you, who lifts you up, who is there for you. It's really your people who matter most. Which sets the tone for my theme going into 2024. And that theme, and you may have heard me say it on social media, is we're better together. I'm going to say it again. We're better together. And today on Dear Founder, 
I want to take that one step further to share with you why embracing a community over a a competition mentality is going to set you apart and help you in your business to grow in 2024 and beyond. So I want to dial it back for a second and share when I started my first company, Bump Club and Beyond, the community always came first, meaning those who came to our events and supported us as well as our many vendors. That was our community. And in the early days, we had two situations where we had copycats of our business. So one of them copied our website and literally verbatim and reached out to our vendors in Chicago, really trying to undercut what we were doing and trying to host events just like ours right here in our backyard. But what happened was simple. We put on a better event. And then the second situation was a girl from Los Angeles. Actually, she was from Chicago. She moved to Los Angeles and she wanted to expand our business. Um, We were in the throes of an agreement with her. She was working with us and getting trained by us. And as we were getting close to kind of closing on that deal, she refused to sign our NDA and our non-compete. And a few months later, I wound up on an industry call with her. And as it turned out, she ended up copying our website verbatim. And after a cease and desist, she still hosted events in Los Angeles. She still contacted our sponsors. But what happened, again, was very simple. Members of the parenting community liked our events better. Brands and sponsors liked working with us better. So about six years in, my biggest competition, my actual competition, reached out to me. They wanted to have lunch when I was in New York where they were based, and so we did. Do you want to know what I realized and what happened? I realized that there were no two people on the planet who understood what I dealt with on a daily basis outside of these two sisters. And well, yes, they were competitors. We could compete respectfully. We could allow for each other to have space in the markets where we dominated and we could learn from one another. And we did. And in the end, it was far more fruitful for us to work together and embrace our competition this way. And we never actually did an event together. We never actually collaborated on anything in the baby and parenting space together. The biggest collaboration we did was we did some content surrounding voting and why it was so important for women to vote. But you saw us on social media in some in some capacities together. But it was so much more pr- fruitful and productive to work with our competition this way than the way that the first two went about and handled the situation. Ironically, our brands and our partners appreciated it also, and they welcomed our camaraderie. And these two women to this day remain people I talk to, I'm connected with, and I would call in a millisecond if I needed anything. They've reached out, they've asked me how things are going, um, we talk on social media. And so I share this to say that if I could go back in time, the one thing I would tell myself was that if it's not actual intellectual property, which our website and our marketing materials were, and that's why we had to issue a cease and desist. But the events themselves were not intellectual property. But if it's not actual intellectual property, it's not worth spending the time worrying about. I spent so much time dissecting their websites, looking at their events, asking brands and sponsors about these two entities, one that failed and the other which like kind of failed and 
honestly, the girl became a joke. She was a joke in the industry because she, because of the way she behaved. And I will leave it at that. But it's just not worth worrying about. If I would have taken all of that energy that I worried about that competition and channeled it into my business, things would have happened faster. Things would have happened greater and bigger. And I just didn't need to channel the energy into the negativity of these two companies. And this is some of the same messages that I share with all of you guys. And I do share with all of you when you ask me, especially when those of you with service-based businesses ask me. What I've come to realize is that there is enough business to go around for everyone and that what will truly help you to propel your business forward is when you embrace the community of your niche and you talk to people in your niche and you develop relationships with them and learn from one another. Because at the end of the day, anyone can copy your recipe, but without you, the sauce won't taste the same. You are the secret ingredient. The conversation that I have with my clients often is that healthy competition is not a bad thing. You don't want to look at competition as a detriment. You want to see it as a way to bolster business, to drive demand, to keep you on your toes. And like I said, there is enough business to go around for everyone. And that is something that I can assure you. So let's talk about building a supportive network. There really is no better time than now to come together with other female business owners and learn from one another and grow from one another and be productive together. After running an event company for nearly a decade and hosting over 2,000 events for parents and parents-to-be, I never thought I'd plan events again. But guess what? Here we are. I realize that events are magic and there's no better way to build a supportive network and build and drive your community than by attending events. When you attend events, they provide you with connection. They provide you with content that you can share across all of your platforms, whether it's things that you learn about or pictures with people at events or activations at events. And essentially events put you in front of people to build your network and help you drive your own community for both you and for your business. My latest event series, Founder Fridays, was an experiment of mine. And while I wanted to see if female business owners wanted to gather together, I also wanted to make sure I was ready to host events again. So while we work right now to bring Founder Fridays, our events, to more locations, we are hosting events once a quarter virtually. The first one's actually this Friday. But that being said, I want to share with you some of the other tips for how you can build a supportive network. But before I do, there's one thing I want to say. It's very interesting when I show up at Founder Fridays because there are always groups of people with similar businesses. There are realtors, there are health coaches, there are nutritionists, etc. And I always just say to them, like, like they'll say, people, women will say to me, like, my competition's here. And I'm like, great, that's a great, that's a great thing. And it is. It is really a positive to learn and grow with your competition. So here are some tips for how you can build that supportive network. Number one, you want to find events for women in business and try to go alone. You know, this is something too at our events when, when at the last event, when everyone sat down, I made them get up and switch seats because you want to meet people, but that's the whole point. So show up and start introducing yourself. 
Last week, I was at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, and I spent a lot of time at the Female Quotient Equality Lounge. Everyone in there was female, for the most part, and everyone there was ready to network. You literally could insert yourself in any conversation because that's the vibe that that event created. Now, you want to find events like that, like Found Her Fridays, where you can just show up and you can start networking. Number two, do what my competition did with me when I had Bump Club and ask your competition to lunch or to coffee. Talk about challenges. See how you can tackle them together. What are things that you face that they might not and vice versa? Have conversations with your competition. Number three, connect with other women business owners in your niche and find out ways that you can collaborate with them to build your businesses versus compete with each other in silos. If you are not directly doing the exact same thing, my bet is that working together will only help you grow. For example, in my group mentorship, Marketing Made Simple for Small Business, I will be bringing in some of my experts and friends and colleagues that I've worked with for years to teach people within the network and my, and my group about what it is that they do. We do different things. Now, some of them might do things that are things I touch upon, but the reason that I'll be bringing them is, in is so that they can dive deeper. So figure out ways that you can collaborate with people in your niche in a non-competitive way in order to grow both of your businesses. Maybe that even means hosting a workshop together where you teach one thing and they teach one thing and you both get paid. There are so many different ways that you can do this. Number four, join women entrepreneur associations. Consider joining like women-focused associations and organizations like Women Business Enterprise National Council, which is WBENC, or WPO, which is the Women Presidents Organization. I had president on Dear Founder in year one. But these groups often host networking events and they provide resources for female founders and entrepreneurs. Number five, leverage online communities. So there are so many amazing online communities and forums for female founders that are like-minded. You can find women that are like-minded anywhere. Go on LinkedIn, on Facebook groups. You know, there's often dedicated groups for women in business. Number six, attend workshops and webinars. So these events are really great places not just to learn, but they're great places to connect with experienced women entrepreneurs who you might have something in common with because they're at a similar workshop or webinar. Number seven, use social media. I can't even tell you how many female founders I've connected with on LinkedIn and Instagram over the last two and a half years, but especially over the last three months. Follow relevant hashtags, engage with them, start discussions, and eventually you can take it offline. Next week, for example, I'm headed to Los Angeles and I have a full day of meetings with women I met on Instagram and I've been talking to for months and I've never met. But because we've been talking online, it was so much easier for me to say, hey, I'm going to be in LA. Do you want to meet? And not one of them said no. Number eight, seek out mentorship. Look for women who are experienced and who have done the things that you want to do. I always say you want to find mentors who have done the things that you want to do because they already know how to do them. They can provide guidance and advice and introductions to others in their network. And number nine, volunteer and give back. 
find women-centric causes or organizations related to entrepreneurship and volunteer with them. You can connect with others who share your values and goals through this, and that is really, really important. So I just talked about how you can find people to put into your community and how you can build that supportive network. Now, let's talk about using that community to your advantage, not in a bad way. You want to partner and collaborate with others in your community. You heard me say it before, and I'll say it again. I've built two businesses off of the foundation of partnerships. You can check out my episodes on partnerships. I'll share them in the show notes. They're jam-packed and filled with so much information on how you can use partnerships to your advantage in your own business. But when you're tapped into the community surrounding your business and your professional community, it's a lot easier to look at your community for partnership opportunity versus competition because guess what? No matter what, we are better together. So I want to share two examples of partnerships with you that I found in the last few months. Um, one has to do with me and one doesn't, but the, the first one was one that came to me because they pitched me in the last few months. And the first one is two competitive brands who I adore, Sloom Foods and Seed and Mill. They both make tahini and each of them also have other products. And when Israel went to war with the Hamas terrorists, Sloom and Seed and Mill combined forces to raise money to help women in Israel with mental health resources and other resources. And this was a huge effort that they partnered on, driving community over competition. And both of them came out the other side better for it. They raised a ton of money and by partnering with one another, their likability increased and they were able to tap into each other's communities. And guess what? They both make amazing tahini. I love it. I love it all. And it, that's okay. That's totally okay. Because again, there is enough business to go around for everyone. And then the second example of partnership that I want to share with you is my greatest partnership, which has been this right here, my podcast. And working with other female founders, sharing their stories here, sharing them on social media, having these conversations that you hear me have once a week. Some of these female founders could be seen as competition of mine or competitors of mine, but I've expanded my network here in ways that I never thought possible. And even the women who overlap here and there, again, there's enough business to go around for everyone. And showcasing the businesses and the brands of other women here has helped me to build a community that I can rely on. Because guess what? I know I can. This week alone, I emailed many of the women who have been on my podcast to ask them to help promote my 200th episode of Dear Found Her, which is dropping on Thursday. And guess what? Not one of them said no. So I know that many of you are thinking that turning your competition into community could be risky or it could be scary or that you're not as good as your competition. I don't want to use the IS word, but I will, I guess I'll say it like stop with the imposter syndrome. Okay. Push it out of your head. You belong where you are just as much, if not more than the next person. And building a strong support network, developing self-confidence, and challenging gender biases, which definitely do exist in our world, are really key in addressing those fears that you might have. And all of these things together, when we combine them and we form a community and when we work with one another, they help female founders to stand up and to stand up together. 
So the first thing that I want to say about this is that it's all about your mindset. It's really important that you embrace a growth mindset. And like I said earlier, understand that competition can and will help you grow. When you bring your competition into your community, you can also study each other and help each other grow by learning from one another what works, what doesn't. What do you like that they've done? What do you not like that they've done? I'm not saying to copy them, but there are definitely things in business that are not intellectual property that lend themselves to your business and to their business. And there's no reason why you cannot learn and grow from one another. Don't focus on your competition, focus on you. And this is something that I said at the beginning. What makes you unique? What are your accolades? What are your experiences? What have you done that makes you stand out? What are your strengths? Why would someone want to work with you? All of these questions, these are the things that you want to play up. For me, these are the things like, I have 25 years of marketing experience. I've worked with many of the top 100 brands in the country, both in my career previous to being an entrepreneur and as an entrepreneur. I built a business from $500 to seven figures for six years, and I sold that business. All of these things make me unique. And when I am sharing my process with the world, that process is what people come to me for because I have uniquely built it, I've used it, and now I'm teaching it and have been teaching it since 2021 to hundreds, if not thousands of you out there in this community. So I want you to focus on you. What is it that makes you special? And no matter what, I want you to stay authentic. Be true to your brand, be true to your values. Authenticity can attract customers who resonate with your mission and your message. It's also important that your customers and your community of customers knows who you are and what it is that you stand for. If you listen to my last episode of 2023, you'll hear me talk about what happened when I really showed up as myself in 2023. I bet a lot of you are here right now listening because you found me after October 7th. When you're true to yourself and what you offer and what you stand for and what your values are and what you bring to the table and what you really care about, the right people are attracted to you. They are magnetized to you. They want to work with you. Like I said earlier, you are your own secret sauce. Remember that healthy competition can drive innovation. It can motivate you to reach your full potential. And ultimately, it leads to you building and growing your business. So embrace the competition as a positive force. Turn your competition into your community and use it as a catalyst for your success. Now, before I wrap up, I want to just talk about the importance of nurturing and embracing a culture of support because not every community or every person out there will be for you. And it's important that you find the right people that can support you and do want to be a part of your community versus throwing you under the bus to anyone else. Here to your founder and on Lindsay Pinchuk, all you'll find is a community of support. Just last week, I mentioned three women in the same niche or business. 
One of them explained to me that the other two were her competition. And my response to her was that there's enough business for everyone, that you guys can all learn from one another. And especially if you're a service-based business, you don't have enough bandwidth for everything. You know, if you own a service-based business, it's really important that you have people to refer potential clients or your network to if you cannot take a project or if a project isn't right for you. So keeping some of your biggest competition close and understanding how they work and having them understand how you work is key because when you start referring business to them, they will start referring business to you. Don't forget, you're not for everybody and neither are they. And look, not everyone is going to feel this way, but make sure that you surround yourself with like-minded people who like you view community as a key element to drive success versus being competitive with one another. And so as we wrap up the first episode of Dear Founder season three, I want to share one last thing with you. Your business community, as I said at the top, and you've heard me say many times, your business's community is your number one asset. You can use your community and business for so many different benefits. But your professional, your professional community is equally as important. When you build up a supportive community around yourself, here are some of the things that happen. Number one, you build irreplaceable connections. Number two, you gain colleagues and friends who will support you during the best and also during the worst of times. Number three, when you build a community who trusts you and who you trust, you can ask them for help with anything, even if they're technically your competitors. Number four, your community is your best word of mouth marketer. Even if there's some competition between you, like I said, if you get into the habit of referring them, they will get into the habit of referring you. And number five, the more you give to your community, the more you will receive in return. So despite the heaviness of the world around us, as we go into 2024, my bucket really hasn't been this full in a very long time. I have really been lucky over the last 102 days to grow my community in a way that encompasses some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. It has not been this full my bucket in a very long time. I know I am connecting with so many people who are on the same page as me. And, you know, in the last year, especially the last three months, what it, what's been proven to me is that we are, in fact, better together. And I share that because as I have found myself in this accidental activist role, which many of you see me in and many of you have come to me from, we collaborate, we share each other's content. I just had someone say to me, someone who I, I collaborate with and share their content all the time. I just had them say to me yesterday, I understand if you don't want to accept my collaboration on this post, cause it's my face. And I said to her, I don't give a shit. You're sharing amazing content. And I know you would do the same because we are better together and our message reaches more people when we're in it together. So I want you to think about your business community like that as well. I hope that you'll take this mantra into 2024 with you and apply it to your own businesses. We are always and forever greater as one versus a million different parts. 
I want to thank you so much for being here and for your continued support and love. I truly cannot tell you how much it means to me as this new venture continues to grow and Dear Founder enters season three and we continue to host events. And on Thursday, we will be dropping our 200th episode. So I am going to ask you, my community, for a big favor on Thursday. On Thursday, if you can hop onto the Apple Podcast app and make sure that you download that episode and listen to it, I am trying so hard to debut this episode really at the top of the charts, and your help can help make that happen. Again, I'm tapping into my community. I'm asking you for your help, and I want to thank you so much ahead of time. I appreciate you so much. And if you want to leave a rating or review also on Thursday, that will also to help that will also help our 200th episode reach more people and get dear found her and the stories we share here seen and heard by many more people in the podcast world. So again, thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. Stay tuned for an incredible episode and a giveaway. So you're going to want to stay tuned coming your way this Thursday.